Black Ops 2 is confirmed and actually might be different. Modern Warfare 3 fanboys are calling for a DLC blackout, and Notch really doesn't like EA. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. Smashcast. I'm Jarrett. I'm here with podcast host and contributor Nick Zelenkevich. Let's rock this shit. Always with the with the happiness, Nick. Very very nice. I'm excited. I'm excited. I got I got a whole a whole week of pent up happiness. I gotta I gotta get out. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. He's he's gonna make up for Rob, who's not here. <laughs> but, uh, who, who uh, misses this? Who, who who misses this? It's terrible when people miss this. Uh, well. Also here, besides Mr. Happy, is uh, Mikey Kinney, who's and a I'm contributor. Here to be the downer, no, I'm yeah. <laughs> contributor and a podcast host. I, I'm gonna make sure I doubt. I'm gonna like raid all over Nick's parade any chance I get today. <laughs> my, my my parade cannot be doused. We 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 have we are we are armed with umbrellas. Yeah, mm. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm pretty sure he's telling the truth there. You can't bring Damn. him down. I have to flood him. Got it. <laughs> And we will float on to victory. Yeah, see? <laughs> and then we will turn into ice. And then we'll we'll we'll, we'll skate to victory. <laughs> You're not going to win this, man. <laughs> Curse you! Let's just get into what we've been playing. Uh, so, you go first, Happy. Oh, uh, what have I been playing? Um, well, the reason I'm so happy, I've been playing this wonderful, wonderful little web game um, called Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now, um, which if you're a, a, a very much a, a, a aficionado of 80s sitcoms, you will ref- you'll recognize that as a uh, reference to Perfect Strangers. Uh, what the, the website, I believe, is nothingsgonnastopmenow.com. Yeah. Um, just go there and, and play. Just play to, to your heart's content. Um, stop! I, I, I would say stop the podcast and go now. But if you go, you will never come back uh, because it is just that whole so, just wholesome goodness. So does something ever stop you? No, it's actually no. a very happy game. I, uh, no. That's why I'm so full of joy. I've been playing. <laughs> I I honestly I played it twice, like right off the bat. Yes, like I finished it and then I I immediately did it again because I was in such a good mood. If, you maybe, know, if, maybe that's the key. Maybe dude, that's. What's amazing is it has a branching storyline. <laughs> it does have a branching storyline, actually. <laughs> uh, but uh, what, what else? Oh, well, I just want to note that it is basically just an advertisement for the Perfect Strangers DVD, though. <laughs> Dude, I, if all advertisements were like that, and frankly, I didn't even realize that it was an advertisement for the DVD. Cause yeah, I'm that's what it's for. I because I, I was too busy looking for where's the replay button and look at what it was actually trying to sell. Well, the best part of that game is like you can read people's dreams, like because you have to enter a dream before you start. Yes, you know, 
and you can read people's dreams after the game, and it is hilarious. Yes. I would definitely recommend checking it out at least one time. It's a good time at least to read the dreams. It's, yes. It's worth it. But go ahead. Continue, and, Nick. Well, well, I will say my dream of, of beating Mass Effect 2 has come true. Oh, that's good. Did you uh, say so that, everybody? Uh, yes, I did. You know what the problem? Because I think we talked about this. I was having a problem with one of the people. The mm-hmm. problem was when, when you, have to, you have to pick your tech, and you have to mm-hmm. pick the leader of the other group. Mm-hmm. The tech will – you have to pick certain people to lead that other group. If you pick the wrong person, the tech dies anyway. My tech yeah. was perfectly fine. It was the second group leader that I – Who did you pick as the second group leader? I, I, oh, don't Z- say your mind. Spoilers. Z- he's, a, he's a freaking badass. Z- a you bad- pick Zaid? Yeah. Really? Well, of course they're going to respect him as a leader because he, he, he led the Blue Suns. Apparently not. No, because so. he gets people killed left and right. Oh, I know that now. He gets his comrades <laughs> killed all the time. I mean – He's a horrible leader, but yeah. anyways. Oh, I know that now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no. So I so I did that. So now now I can start my renegade playthrough, um, which I'm having a lot of fun with already. So that shouldn't take quite as long. Oh, you're uh, not jumping straight into ME three? No, I'm, no. I got to go back because th- th- there's see I I love divergent games like that because I can go back and play them again and, and see all the differences that the, all the missions that I didn't get to see the first time. Mm-hmm. So okay. makes uh, sense. And then the other thing I've been playing, I'm finally in the uh, the Mist of Pandaria beta, so I'll have some. I'll play that a little bit more. I've just been jumping in there here and uh, every now and then, so I'll have more thoughts about that later. Okay. What about you, Mikey? What you been playing? Uh, other than my usual League of Legends, Blaze Blue Skullgirls, uh, I actually dove back and played some some pretty good old games. Uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike Online Edition, though I played that a little bit this week. And then I played a lot of Shin Megami Tensei, Nocturne, and Persona 3 Fez. Okay. Yeah, when I saw it on your list, I thought Fez was separate, but I'm like, oh, no, he didn't mean that Fez. No, I like like Persona 3's Fez. Sorry. So, no, I've, I still have yet to play that little indie title. Okay. Uh, well, I played some more Ghost Recon Online. That's probably going to become be on my unmentionables list soon because I – fully plan to play that after release. I mean, it's such a good game. It definitely needs some tweaks, but it's an early beta right now. So, you know, I can't complain too much, but I definitely need, need to tweak some things. One thing I don't really like, though, uh, another thing I should say, because I mentioned some stuff last week, is how as you level up, you get a, um, you know, you level up certain weapons, you have a better chance to crit with them. And I really don't like that in a FPS. I'm like, if I shoot somebody in the face, I shoot somebody in the face, and that should be it. I shouldn't have to be building up like my critical Wait, attack. There's a there's a crit rating. Yeah, it's like it's the same thing as like fucking uh tribes. Tribe is the same thing. Like you know, why? Why crit if you shoot in the head? Okay, crit if well, no, this, shot is a, this, this is a crit period. Like you know, like you ever yeah, that's a, what I'm saying. A certain like, percentage chance to hit hit somebody with a critical shot, and actually, it changes based on how uh, like what you're doing too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if if you're running, you have the least chance. But if like you're standing still, it goes up. If you kneel, it goes up more. And then if you finally if, if you go prone, uh, if you go prone and cover, it's like at its highest. That should just mess with your accuracy. That really shouldn't mess with damage. Yeah, that's the way I I feel about it. But hey, that's kind of the way it is. Unfortunately, oh, well. I don't. I, don't I, I just I, I'm not a fan just, of FPS RPG. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I like it, but not in a game like Ghost Recon. Like, I, but like my think of crit would be like if you get a headshot, that should be a crit, 
or not like random oh i shot him in the toe oh that crit killed him <laughs> yeah know? that's the thing like for a game like ghost recon i really nah like i i really don't like it like team, team fortress is one thing ghost recon totally different monster because it's supposed to be more military more realistic so I mean, I don't like it. It doesn't ruin the game or anything like that. It's not that big of a deal, but I just wish it wasn't there. That's all. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, could see where that would be annoying. Yeah. Um, I tried. Uh, actually, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna come back around to that. But, um, uh, Nuito Love Two is an indie game <laughs> that came out, and I know it sounds kind of weak. <laughs> the show it is fucking <laughs> awesome. Is it? It is. It's okay. like it's it's not a pussy game at all. It, really it sounds like a it sounds like a Japanese dating sim. Yeah, I know. Like when I first saw the title, I was like, "Yo, what is this?" And then I play it. It's like you play as this um this 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 chick named Zoda, uh, and she's in this thing called the Peacekeepers League, you know. But basically, it's like um, it's a beat 'em up almost. It's like a beat 'em up, but at the same time, you have to kind of run through like come overcome obstacles and stuff like that as you go through the levels. It's done. It's done in like two D. Like, you know, like it looks like a 16-bit or maybe even, yeah, like a 16-bit game. You know, like that, like Super Nintendo-ish. You know, maybe even 32-bit, maybe. Nah, uh-huh. not 32-bit. <laughs> I'm going to stick with 16. Okay. But basically, like, um, they have these robots. Like, it's an army of, this whole army of robots have risen. And you have to, you know, find out what's going on. Like, while that's happening, like, several parts of the city are, like, reverting back to their past states. Like, you know, they they, they look like different time periods now. So you use the left, you know, your left, your mouse to kind of aim on the different uh, on the different enemies, and then you click them to attack them. And um, you have different types of attacks, and you can throw people, you can charge this ball, and all that types of stuff. And I, when I when I first when I was doing the tutorial, I'm like, ah, this game's gonna be kind of easy. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty boring, but it's actually not. Because a lot of the times, in a lot of different areas, the enemies are unlimited. So it's not just about getting through the enemies. It's about fighting off the enemies while not losing health and making it through the obstacles at the same time. So it's kind of, you have to kind of play it. It's hard to explain. It really is. But I would was, recommend it. I wrote a review on the site. Go read was, it. Was there a Noido Love 1? There was. But like I tried playing it, but I couldn't get the... Like, there's no instruction for the controls. And I couldn't figure out what what controls are what. Not to mention, um, resolution wise, it only goes up to like three twenty, three hundred twenty pixels. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that really wasn't happening. That's, the most so I was able to do was move back and forth. It, was that supposed to be like a mobile game? No, it's not. It was just an indie game that a guy made. So, and the second one does actually, you know, it it takes place a hundred years after the first one. The first one's story does kind of affect the second one. Well, they, do, you, do you get to import characters? No, no, not that advanced, Nick. <laughs> but it's actually a really good game. I think I gave like a 4.2 mm. on the site. But it's kind of like, it's like you kind of have to play it. It's really cool. Um, also, the thing I liked about it is that when you fight bosses, each boss is, a, is individual. Like, no boss is going to be a duplicate of the other. They're all different. And, like, you have to figure out how to hurt the boss. Like, they don't tell you. They don't indicate, hit me here. Or this isn't glowing, or you know, and there's usually like no rest period. Like you have to watch for the tells, kind of like you had to do in the old school games. Watch for the tells, and then like you know, avoid whatever they do, you know, during that tell, and then attack where, where possible. And some bosses have multiple forms, which is really cool. Hmm. So it's a good game. It's like five bucks. I highly recommend checking it out for anybody who has a PC. 
Uh, I also played Fireburst. You sound so excited about... <laughs> you know, the title says Fireburst, and you're just kind of like, Fireburst. <laughs> yeah... no go it's a racing game and they uh, they um (laughs) they kind of missed the mark on a lot of things such as handling uh i talked to nick a little earlier about how how the levels weren't really like planned out all that well like the level design itself is i think is all right like you know you don't get bored going through the levels themselves but like um your your car can blow up because of like the fire attacks that people can do. Mm-hmm. I don't think they they took into consideration that if your car blows up in certain places, when they when they respawn you, you will not be able to build up enough speed to jump to another area. Like there yeah. like there are ramps and stuff that you have to jump over like in some places. And uh, there's one place where I got killed. Unfortunately, like if I try to go forward. I wouldn't have enough speed to jump over, and if I move backward, try to move back to like build them enough speed, I end up actually falling off of the platform. So I had to restart the entire race, and there are multiple parts where this happens. Oh, that sucks. So yeah, I'm gonna have a review up for it soon. Unfortunately, I hate giving bad reviews of games, but you know I have no choice. I think in this case, um, the there's not there's like there's this thing called the Fireburst Racing League in the game. But it's not even like a, a league. It's more just like challenges for each individual character. And some of the challenges are absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's not just challenging. It's frustrating to actually do. So, yeah, Fireburst is not going to get a good review from me, probably. Which would you rather play, Fireburst or Dirt 3? Dirt 3. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Dirt 3 is not a bad game. I love Dirt 3. I just hate the way they, they fucked me with the DLC. Mm, okay. You know. Welcome to how everyone feels about fighting games nowadays. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. actually, I have a whole video about that on YouTube. It's called DLC Dickery, because that's what it was. DLC Dickery. Yeah, you did post something like that. I remember that. Yeah. So the game that I was going to talk about earlier, but I came back for, is um, Blacklight Retribution. Um, that's another free to play, and I was a little wary about it. I mean, it was free, so I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And the to, just to install the game. And not as easy as I would have liked it to be, but whatever. But um, Blacklight, what was it? Blacklight something on the Xbox. I forget what the game was or the name was, but it was a really, really shitty game. It was a really shitty shooter, okay, for the Xbox. Uh, they came to Xbox Live back in, like, 2010, I think. And um, basically, like, I, I tried this one out. Kind of with, like, you know, lower expectations. And luckily, like, I was very, like, pleased with what I played. Like, I mean, the game plays, like, I don't know, I would say, like, maybe a futuristic Call of Duty, but doesn't suck so much. <laughs> they, like, okay. it's, 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 it's like an arena game. It's an arena shooter. Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of how, like, Call of Duty is. I consider Call of Duty more of an arena shooter. I mean, it's a military shooter, yeah, but it's not military the way Battlefield is, you know? Or some of these other mil- Arma, America's Army, you know, some of these other military shooters. Mm-hmm. And so it's more arena, if you ask me. And um, so it's like that. You have the different game modes like Capture the Flag, King of the Hill, you know, all that stuff. But in this game, um, aiming matters. <laughs> you know, like, what? It, yeah, no it matters. Way. It, that matters. <laughs> like, you know, 
shooting, actually hitting, like, you know, in Call of Duty, I don't know how many times, like, I've just pulled the trigger down and just held it and end up getting a headshot or killing somebody. Like, you could just, you could spray so much in Call of Duty. But in this game, like, you, you can spray if you're close up, that's one thing. But, like, if you're, like, you know, you know, with a, a sizable distance from somebody, like, let's say, you know, you know, let's say seven, ten feet away from somebody, maybe, maybe a little closer, you have to aim down the sights and you have to shoot them in the head, you know? Overall, I mean, basically, it was a very, it was a very enjoyable experience, okay? Um, the thing that I don't like, though, and the reason why, the thing that's going to stop me from playing this is the cost of the free-to-play game. And that's why I want to talk about this last thing. It was probably going to be the longest thing I talked about. Um, basically, I was like, okay, this game is cool. Let me drop some money. You know, let me let me see what I can get. You know, by by paying some money. So, <laughs> I uh, I go to do the in-game currency. I put five dollars in my account, which turns out that one dollar equals a hundred points. Okay, mm-hmm. easy to understand. I go you now in this game. You can buy weapons two ways. You can either buy a pre-made weapon, or you can buy weapons piece by piece and put them together yourself. Right, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. And I expected to piece the weapons piece by piece by myself to be more expensive, but not as, ex- as expensive as I'm going to explain it to be. <laughs> um, basically, a pre-made weapon. One pre-made weapon in a game with a lot of different weapons, $8 hmm. for one pre-made weapon. Hmm. Was it significantly better than the weapons you had before? The one that I was looking at? No, because I, you you have to unlock weapons. Like, you have to level up and play to unlock certain weapons. So this one wasn't actually significantly better. But still, even if it was, it's still $8 for one single weapon. But you, know, you said, though, piecing it together is more expensive than buying it pre-made. Yeah. And I would expect that, but not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. Well, how, how, how much expensive? was the pre-made? The pre-made, the pre-made was $8. No, no, I mean, oh, that was the pre-made that was $8. Yeah, the pre-made was oh, $8. I, oh, <laughs> Yeah, the pre-made was $8. So just to, um, okay, what's the name of the piece? The uh, I guess the, the, I don't know the proper name for it. They called it something else in game. But basically the 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 mid piece of the gun, you know, the way the trigger where the trigger is and stuff like that. That part costs five dollars by itself. <laughs> okay. Then for the muzzle, three dollars. Actually I'm sorry. Sorry, the muzzle was two fifty. Um to get a clip, like a different type of clip, like you know, to either like to extend the clip or a different type of ammo. Uh, three dollars. So, the most expensive piece was five dollars, but the cheapest piece was two fifty. And there are eight different pieces you need to put together to make a gun. Wow. So, do I want a, like a twenty dollar game, or do I want a gun at that point? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 I guess the approach you can take if you want to, you could buy a pre-made and then alter it with different parts of different guns if you want to. But, yo, we're talking, like, at the very base, you're talking about $8 for one weapon to have to buy and have... At that point, you have access to two weapons. Because, I'm sorry, three weapons. Because you have access to the, the, the starter gun, the starter assault rifle. Then you'll have access to whatever weapon you buy. And then you'll have access to your handgun. You have access to three weapons for $8. Well, 
how often do they expect you to be buying guns? Because it seems, I mean, it doesn't seem like you're going to be shelling out for an entire arsenal if they're that much. Well, the thing is, like, there's six loadout spots you can buy, you can open, and you get, you have, you start off with one, you unlock a second one, and um, you have to buy the rest. Now, I'm not at level 10 yet. Level 10 is the cutoff for the noob zone, which I... I was playing in that for a little bit, like the the it's called the the proving the proving ground, and it was just too easy, because everybody has like the base weapons there. Nobody has any of the newer weapons or the, that weapons you pay for, so I was just run rolling around destroying people. But um, so I actually started going back to the uh to the other servers, but so I only assume at level ten other things open up for you and unlock for you. And I'm curious to see what those are. So I'm going to play until that. I'm not going to buy anything, but I'm going to play until I at least hit level 10. I think kind of like Mikey was saying, like as far as he's comparing that versus a $20 game, I mean, you're saying if there's what, like six slots and if you figure $8 a game or $8 a weapon, that's roughly $50. If you bought, if you fill out your, your loadout <laughs> slots there, do, yeah, but that's not that, even, that's... do you feel, I mean, you're in the noob zone, you said, but does it seem like maybe that's sort of where the actual cost of the game is that is it, or if you, if you fill that out, is it worth the, like the price of, you know, the full price of admission? No, it it's were? not because there's more than like six guns for the, in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like you're, you're gonna pay like you know let's say let's say you do spend around you know you do fill out e- each loadout spot you know and you you pay that cost like which exactly is gonna be what forty eight bucks let's say you know yeah it, it, sorry it is forty eight dollars but forty eight dollars to only have access to six guns really. I think I'll go ahead and buy to get one free use sale. Thanks. And that's the thing, like <laughs> six guns, and then on top of that, you're not even talking about customizing your character yet. You're not even talking about your armor, which you can Wait, customize. You and have to make pay for that too. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Why would you? Why would they not charge you well, to because, customize because, armor? Because they're, 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 the gun price is so exorbitant. I would have thought maybe the armor would have been. Subsidized. Well, what keeps them from stopping? I mean, if people oh. are willing to buy guns, I'm pretty sure they're willing to buy armor. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I think in this case, we're seeing that people may not be willing. But you know what? Like the funny thing is, like, um, you, you do have an end game currency that you build up as you play, right? Well, yeah. And but the thing is, of course, it's you get so little of this. I think it's called it's called GP in game. Yeah, oh, yeah. the this stuff you get in game is called GP. When you transfer the money from your account, it's called Zen. So, you know, yeah, you get most... so little GP from from winning a match. I'm talking about being first place on a server, you know, ha- like having, like, racking up, like, you know, let's say 30 kills and five deaths. I'm, like, I think I got, like, 190 GP, okay? And, just, and it's funny, the reason I'm saying it's funny is because when they list the price, they list the prices for you for the for the attachments. It'll say forty GP. I'm like, oh, okay. Or well, sorry, it'll say like hundred GP forty Zen. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So you go into that item to, to to go buy it, and it's that's the price to have it for one day. What? What? Yeah, <laughs> you can buy things at an interval of one day, three days, seven days, thirty days, permanently. I guess. <laughs> 
I could see where that where they thought that was a good idea because then like people probably would like use the GP, see if they like it for a day, be like, yeah. okay, I really didn't like it, I won't buy it or ever use it again. I'm totally with that. I think that is a great idea. That's a good idea. I wish I could do a that with tr- League of Legends. A just- try before you buy system, and it's cheap enough for you to use GP. However, the permanent pricing, like in terms of GP, is outrageous. It really is. <laughs> like it's like to get like a the just say I, right now let's say I'm I think I'm like level five or six to get like a gun I think that uh, would be like level six gun for me would be like five thousand GP and uh, ripping a ser- like ripping up a server only gets me like a hundred and ninety GP. You know how many matches I have to play for that? You know, okay, to get one fun. gun permanently, like, yo, that's ridiculous. It oh, really is. That's why they, that's the catch, is that's why, that's where they get their money. And that's why I have no problem paying for a well-made free-to-play game. But I, I am not paying $8 for one virtual weapon. Would, it's the would same you, problem I had with Tribes and that $10 gun that I saw. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Would you say, it feels like... In, Please correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like we're sort of in like the very first iteration of the free-to-play shooter. And I think that the pricing model is something that is very, very much variable. And I think it's something that we need to settle upon. I can't imagine that this is where, you know, this is the equilibrium we're going to reach where especially we have this large experience, uh, you know, this experience price that, that is, is intended to off, you know, or encourage, I should say. It's intended to encourage you to, to you know, lay out the cash for the weapon. I, I, I think that disparity is something that's eventually going to go away. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot I of things that need to happen. See, the thing about buying a $60 game, you know, you ha- like, yes, yeah, so like, let's take Call of Duty, for example, um, or even like Battlefield, for example. You unlock guns as you go along. So you really can't say that it's unfair for an X person to have X gun uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, they just unlocked it because they played more than you. So that's one thing. But the second thing on top of that is the fact that the guns are balanced for the most part. And when a gun is unbalanced, they fix it. That's the beauty of having the $60 game. All of the guns, like all the weapons are, are, are balanced. Like, you know, for, so, go ahead. So in your way, have, you, have, they, have they done any balancing patches for guns in your first person shooters for uh, free to play? I haven't really seen it, but that's the thing. Like with free to play, the guns kind of have to be unbalanced. It feels like, and with this specific model, because the customer is paying so much, they better have an advantage. You know what I'm saying? Well, they shouldn't have like an advantage, but they should like this gun should be better than this gun at accuracy, but this gun should be better at power than this gun for this. I reason. agree. I agree. That's the way it should be. But th- that's the thing. Like, the but that's pricing, not how it is. Yeah, the pricing has to be has to be pretty. Has to be. What's the word I'm looking for? I think brought down a bit. Like basically, they're selling this high-priced gun to this person, saying, "Hey, this gun is better." Period. And that's the reward for buying the gun. Now you, now you have an advantage. See, now you're buying power, and I can't stand that already. Right. That's the thing. Like it's a play to win at that. But point. I, th- I think one of the questions though is, what is sort of the exp- the optimal? Not, not optimal, but what is the experience that they're expecting the 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 standard game to be? And if that standard game is, you know, let's say it's eight dollars, because they're expecting that you will outlay for at least one, you know, advanced weapon. So that even if you come in and you have a suboptimal experience by not playing anything, 
is that necessarily bad? I mean, they, they, the, fundamentally, the game itself does cost eight dollars, but they're offering you this option to not pay anything. You can still play, and your performance will be degraded. Well, that's the problem: is your performance shouldn't be degraded. But there, why but, not? But but, it, but th- that's the point of free to play. It's supposed but, to be a playable game that everyone should have equal footing on. That uh, I shouldn't be paying for to get better at it. Uh, not I should just be- get getting better by playing. Not better, but it's more. I, I think we're looking at it as though, like, the free experience is the base expected experience, and right. they they're looking at it like, no, no, the eight dollar experience. Fundamentally, if you want to play the game that we envision, you will put in the eight dollars, but we'll offer you the free to play version, and you're going to suck. Well, that's crap. Well, <laughs> there's only one free to play shooter that I know of that, and that's actually pretty balanced, and that's Team Fortress Two. And I mean, and the thing is, it's almost a bad example because it started off as a, you know, you pay for it game. Yeah. And then it became free to play. But the thing is, like, the way it works is, like, the base game itself, like, I mean, you can, you don't have to buy a sniper rifle to be good, to be good at sniping. The base sniper rifle is excellent. But the additional sniper rifles you can buy if you don't unlock it yourself, they have advantages and disadvantages that even it out. Like, um, I I uh I unlocked a gun that rewarded you for getting headshots. Like basically the more headshots you got, it would count them and you would your gun itself would charge faster. Okay? But at the same time there's a penalty. If you missed if you missed somebody completely, all the headshots you built up went away and if you uh well, that's a, if that's you fair. just hit the body, the headshot count will go down and it actually could go into the negative. Hmm. That's fair. And when you started, on top of that, your charging rate was slower. So you had to get at least two headshots with the gun just to bring the charging rate up to normal. So for me, as the way I play, that works out great for me because I get headshots all the time. You know, you know what I'm saying. But for somebody, but I have my disadvantages too. Like now, I can't miss. You know, I, I wonder, though, because you bring up Team Fortress 2, and a lot of people mention that as sort of like the gold standard in free-to-play. Like, look what, what Valve did with that. And I know we also like to talk about DCU as far as being a great free-to-play game where they give you a lot of value for your lack of money. Right. Um, and I wonder, we look at those two games. Those were both pay-for games that went free-to-play. And I almost wonder if it's sort of like a trap that pe- that the publishers fall into where they look at say, like, oh, look at DCU. Look at, look at Team Fortress 2. They're the way to go. Be free-to-play. But really, if you want to build that... That, that $50 experience, get as much money as you can out of that, and then go free-to-play. Almost kind of pull the rug out from well, everybody. Well, I agree with that. Those are some examples of free-to-plays that were originally paid for. But there's other free-to-plays out there that have been doing just fine and have great models. But well, I'm talking I, about specifically free-to-play shooters. Mm. Free-to-play MMOs is a different story. Well, like specifically, like free to play, like shooters, like um, I I don't like that, you know, the advantage because the thing is, like, and especially in this game, there is a clear distinction, like when somebody has one of those guns. Even with me, like when I, because you can, you you know, you can kill people, you can pick up their guns. So I would find somebody who had a really nice weapon, I'd kill them, and I'd take their gun. Do you think that's the disadvantage then? By if you die, then uh, your guns for grabs? Nah, not really. Because it's only for grabs until that one person dies, and nobody's really running around living for an extreme for extreme amounts of time, you know. 
but that's the thing, like, you know, even when I would, uh, when I would take somebody else's weapon, my, I would, my KD would go up by at least five. Like, it would be five to one at least, you know? But, I mean, that's the thing, like, it's, it, it's just, it's a clear difference. Like, you know, it is a clear advantage. Like, it's not slight, it, it, it's, it's actually pretty clear going from the base weapon to, you know, uh, some of these other weapons, maybe not the, the maybe not the, the like the weapons like at the lower levels because you know they're so like uh, you know they're so uh, you know low because they're they're like level three, but like the level ten weapons and stuff like that, yeah, there's a, there's a really large difference with that. I don't, I just I don't like it, and the thing is, it sucks because like I said, it it uh it's gonna keep me from playing the game. Like I said, I'm playing to at least level ten. And then after level ten, I'm gonna see what happens. You know, like after level ten, I'm gonna see what what they what they give me. You know, versus uh, you know what I have to buy. And like I said, I, I totally understand that you have to pay for free to you know these games cost money and they're trying to make money. Totally understand that, but I just think like the cost is just too much. So, but yeah, now we talked about that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Let us uh, actually get into the topics. As if that wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, so the first topic we have up, everybody should have heard by now, but Black Ops 2 has been confirmed. Uh, It wasn't like it was a big secret. Everybody knew Call of Duty was coming out this year. Uh, Reports leaked out that it was, you know, Black Ops 2. We saw some marketing material that says Black Ops 2, which was like, okay, we kind of expected that, whatever. Well, that's what I, I, I like uh, what Mark Lamia, I guess yeah. when he was introduced, he called it the worst kept secret in the industry. Yeah, he called it the worst kept yeah. secret in the industry. But then he said it's also at the same time the best kept secret in the industry. And that is actually what interests me because, I mean, anybody who listens to the MASHCast know that we really are not fans of the Call of Duty series uh, for the most part. Um, because, not since MW1. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we had that conversation earlier. But, um, yeah, I mean, Call of Duty just has a stigma, like, you know, poor single player. Um, the multiplayer has just been really cheesed up. Uh, and in terms of the multiplayer portion, we don't know what's going to happen yet because, you know, they they really haven't said anything. But they did shed some light on the single player, and it looks like they're really trying to make some changes here and that I thought was really interesting, which is pretty much the, uh, the only reason why I put it into the podcast today. Uh, but basically... Uh, in terms of story, there's going to be two time periods that you fight in. There's going to be the vintage Cold War, and there's going to be a future Cold War between the U.S. and China. Uh, they bring back Mason, who was the uh, the guy you played as for most of the game in, in the first Black Ops. And then you're going to play as him in the 80s, and then you play as his son in 2025. And that's the future part of it. You're in 2025, so, you know, we're... Uh... Uh, or a decade off of that, but it's not it's not super far in the future as you know some people thought it might be. Um, there's a new villain called his name is Raul Mendez, and apparently he's going to be a good guy in the '80s, and something's going to happen in the '80s to turn him into the villain of the future. And um, the story is supposed to revolve around, uh, to my understanding, most of the game is going to take place in the future. Uh, there's an event that happens in the Chinese stock market that causes um, the China and that causes China to hoard a, a precious material, 
and then the U.S. and China, you know, they go into this Cold War. Um, and apparently also in the future, I guess not too many soldiers run around. Actually, there's more manned drones than soldiers, or the U.S. relies on uh, more drones and robots than they do rely on soldiers anymore. And that's a big part because supposedly Mendez gets hold of that and starts attacking the United States with their own drones. Yep. Scary yeah. thought. Yeah, actually, that's what they said in the trailer. Then he, like, he says, like, nobody ever thought what happens if the bad guys get the keys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, uh, well, you know. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, wasn't that sort of like the Terminator movies? Like, what happens if the, the, the bad guys, well, I guess in that case, the keys become the bad guys, but. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. Like, we, we, we know that all these drones are, are going to eventually kill us one day. It's just whether it's going to be somebody else pushing the button or they do it themselves. Yeah, I'm thinking they're gonna do it themselves, but probably. That's, yeah, that's the conversation. Some, some car I crap let that one droid go, and now she's destroying <laughs> everything. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but you feel so sad for her because she's getting dismembered. That's how they want you to feel, man. They play on our emotions. Yeah. <laughs> they have well, none. In this game, the one thing that one thing that kind of struck me in this game was um, they say that the story revolves around the characters more so than in previous games. Because, uh, I mean, Modern Warfare, like, fuck, I mean, everybody dies. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry if you haven't played Modern Warfare 3, but anybody you can think of, almost, pretty much anybody you can think of dies, okay? <laughs> um, So, like, the, the Modern Warfare definitely is not a character-driven game. Uh, Black Ops... I mean, the story, I guess Mason was, the, he was the main character, but it really didn't really revolve around him. Uh, it revolved around, um, well, just blowing shit up, you know, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the same way, it just revolved around blowing shit up, uh, which has been their formula since Modern Warfare, um, you know, 2. Because Modern Warfare 1 wasn't really all about explosions, but I think... I think the thing Got was like, they that whole nuke scene, like how intense it was and how it like kinda like got to people, that drove them to do the rest of you know, to make the rest of the game like that constantly dropping yeah. the nuke, you know, oh this is gonna blow up, the building's going down, the Eiffel Tower's falling over, you know, all that stuff. Well they have to top you getting nuked. That's really hard to do. Yeah, and that's what I was saying, like, you know, they kept on trying to top it and it really like the story of the of the first. Well, actually, I think I complained about Modern Warfare Three. Like there were just there were some parts that you play that you play where you really should be shooting the enemies, but the NPCs are while you're carrying the guy that's hurt. You know, like what kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> but um, you know, like uh, then this one is supposed to revolve more around the characters, like more around Alex Mason and his son, and actually Raul Mendez. So. I was, you know, so that's just should be pretty interesting, but I mean that's not the most interesting part. They they are trying new things. With, I'm not gonna say new things in gaming, <laughs> but new things for Call of Duty, uh, like branching storylines. Uh, basically, there you're gonna have choices in game. Like you know, they said there's one mission where you have the choice to go snipe and protect a group, or you have a choice to actually go with the group. And depending on your choice, different things are going to happen. Like they say, certain key characters may die because of choices that you make, which will actually affect your ending. And there's actually going to be um, there's going to be full missions that are made that you may not be able to participate in 
because X person is dead. Hmm. Well, Treyarch has always tried to go like the more story route. Like even back when they were doing like World at War, like they were definitely more focused on like trying to tell a story. So I'm not really. I'm I'm glad they're finally like getting the chance to maybe step out of modern warfare shadow and just be like, well, this is our version of Call of Duty. This is the story we want to tell. But here's the good here's the Call of Duty multiplayer too that you all love and will buy this game for and give us billions upon billions of dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting to see what they say about that because I have my reservations about that. I mean, if it's the same old multiplayer, I'm not really all that interested why would they fix what people don't like there's no sense but i don't know we'll see right yeah exactly that's the thing um but like it it was also in the single player there are events called strike missions uh where uh well first of all there's gonna be multiple strike missions uh in some cases like you'll be able to pick like you know which one you want to do and depending on which one you do and on top of that depending on if you succeed or fail in said mission will determine what happens in the game it'll determine like i guess if the u.s has enough resources or they take this point from china and will i guess will affect you know what happens at the end of the game i thought it was interesting they they will actually let you fail like you know failure is not just game over you know so many people are gonna like quit and then reload the previous save before that <laughs> autosave kicks in. Like no joke, because they'll want to be like one hundred percent everything. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it definitely gives the game more replay uh, value if that's the case. Just to see, like you know, what each inning is like. I know, like, well, for Infamous for that matter. Like you know, I played through the first game, like you know, doing everything I think the good way, and now I'm gonna do it everything the bad way, and then I'm gonna do it with uh you know, doing like, you know, half good, half bad, but the way that game goes, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but you know, I, I definitely would appreciate some replay value, because right now, no Call of Duty has replay value. I mean, even game like Call of Duties that I liked, like Call of Duty uh, 2, um, didn't really have a whole lot of replay value for me once I beat the game, unless I just wanted to experience some of those epic, those same epic moments again. You, know? you didn't play Call of Duty 2 multiplayer? Oh, no, I did. I'm talking oh, okay. about single player. Single player. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Single player Call of Duty has always been like regularly like one playthrough. Okay, multiplayer. Let's go. Or multiplayer. Oh, there's a single player. Whatever. Like that's that's what I hear a lot of times. It's like I hear people that don't even play the single player. I I will ask like one of my friends, "How is the story for Modern Warfare?" I don't know. Whatever. He'll be like, "Never played it," and then just start going back to shooting people. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way it's been. I mean, Call of Duty 1 and 2, the single player was excellent for both of those games. Yeah. yeah. But you were going to say something, Nick? Well, I was just going to say, though, especially because I think the single player has been getting slagged a lot in recent years. But the game the game is – I mean, Call of Duty is that game that every other game wants to be. And so it's almost sort of the, becomes the question, like, what do you get the person who has everything? Like, what do you do with Call of Duty to maintain its popularity, given that it's the gold standard in games, at least from the publisher's perspective? You and if, if the multiplayer is really the, the, the bread and butter, it makes sense that the thing that you're going to have to beef up would be the single player. So I wouldn't expect too many changes on the multiplayer side because that's what everybody loves. But, I mean, it, it's, it's fundamentally it's sort of like, you know, like everybody wants to be Call of Duty. So what does Call of Duty do? want to be it wants to be mass effect <laughs> i really hope they don't tie multiplayer into single player though well not uh, <laughs> no, that, that'll be the next one 
That'll be Black Ops 3, where we can really bitch about the ending. Well, no, yeah. that'll be whatever, like, Call of Duty, the next, this Infinity Ward. I'm not even going to insult the past Infinity Ward people. This Infinity Ward, whatever their next Call of Duty is. Is it going to be, did they leave it open for Modern Warfare 4? Or, no, I mean, they, I guess they could stretch if they wanted to. What, what, they, what if they, they went this, back to World War II? Like, <laughs> I'd take it. Really? I, I, I never, I never had a problem with World War II games. <laughs> but there were just so many. But anyways, that's. But it's, no, there's the difference between having a World War II game and a good World War II game. Mm, okay. Yeah. Touché. See, Touché. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, there's. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm actually kind of looking forward to at this point like i I haven't been looking i haven't looked forward to a call of duty since modern warfare since the original okay uh, i'm still going to look from away and maybe creep closer toward it when it comes out but other than that i am still i i have not played a modern warfare i mean a call of duty since modern warfare one other than nazi zombies on occasion with friends <laughs> at a party other than that i have steered cleared of it well, that's the thing. Like, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna get it day one, but I'm definitely gonna get it. I, I know I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna try it out because I'm curious. Because Treyarch has been slowly, they've been getting better. Like, I, Call of Duty Three was the, one of the absolute worst games I've ever played in my life, and that was the first time we were really introduced to Treyarch and Call of Duty. Um, then World of War was a little better, still not that good. Black Ops was as good as Modern Warfare. But it still like it still wasn't really like that great of a game. Actually, I wouldn't even say it was good as Modern Warfare. It was Not passable. Original. It was it passable. Was probably, yeah. I think I paid like twenty bucks for it on a Steam sale, and I was satisfied. <laughs> okay. I was like, I was good. twenty bucks on Steam. Okay, I could I could probably pass that for that. But yeah. I, I, I was good, you know, and I I think they will continue to get better, and I think they're taking at least the single player in the right direction. I don't really expect me to change with the multiplayer, simply for the fact that, fucking, well, I, I mean, uh, they, if they start changing stuff around and making things better, well, things that I would consider better, you know, for the game, they're gonna lose a lot of the fan base because the reason so many people play Call of Duty is because it's so easy to hop into. Mm. So. Even Khloe Kardashian is excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> but um, that's actually let's move into our next Call of Duty story, which actually is regarding Modern Warfare Three mm. and the DLC Blackout uh, that some fans are calling for. Mm, not gonna work, but yeah, no, it's not gonna work. But <laughs> you mean, you mean two hundred people aren't gonna make a difference? <laughs> yeah. those, out of those two hundred people, one hundred fifty. I will say this right now: out of those two hundred people, one hundred fifty of them will buy that freaking DLC. I'm, I'm sorry, it's 240, 240 oh. people. I'll but, still say okay. that 150 will buy it. That's, yeah, that's about, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, so basically what's happening is um, uh, some fans of the Modern Warfare, of Call of Duty series, and then specifically Modern Warfare 3, they're calling for a blackout of, you know, a mass blackout of people purchasing DLC until Activision, Infinity Ward, whoever, fixes several launch problems such as spawn logic um there's a problem with matchmaking apparently and lag problems um now the short time that i did play modern warfare 3 i didn't really experience any of those problems with the exception of lag problems uh, i did see that happening but other than that i i don't i, I guess uh, these guys play way more than i do 
<laughs> so, you know, I would take their word for it. But this is the protest they want to do to show Activision that they're, you know, they're not happy and that, you know, they don't they don't appreciate Activision just trying to take their money, you know. And I really don't think it's working. <laughs> be honest you- with you. I mean, look at what happened with Black Ops and PS3. They never fixed those issues. Well, nope, because they, they moved to the next game. Exactly. They never fixed the, like Black Ops was almost unplayable. Almost well, this unplayable. is the this is like, the problem with the. I'm sorry. Uh, this is the problem with the yearly model. Like, if you buy the game and it has like massive problems, forget about it. Like, it's not going to get fixed because they've gone on to the next edition. Yeah, pretty much. You're, you're, they're done. Like, they have already moved on. The next edition is already in the progress of working. The best they can do is fix what's wrong for the next edition. Yeah. That, that's it. That's all there is. Like, I mean, not, not, I mean, there's more than that to, to why I don't think it's going to work. Uh, basically, I mean, Call of Duty is a massive, massive game. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of people that you need to be you know, paying attention to this aren't. They're not that in tune to gaming. The people that you actually need to be paying attention to this and saying they won't buy DLC. Like I know people who play Call of Duty, and I asked uh, one of them, I was like, hey, so what do you think about that blackout? And he was like, what blackout? And he plays Call of Duty almost every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you're not gonna, re- you're not gonna reach the people that you need to reach uh, in order to make this successful. I mean, you may have, like, actually a pretty substantial group. I know large numbers of people may do this, but in percentage of the actual Call of Duty players, I don't see it, because Call of Duty is, is like, it's, it can be, technically speaking, a casual gamer's game. Think about how most people know about it. They see the advertisements with, uh, with what, uh, Jonah Hill and, and uh, Channing Tatum. That's... You'd have to get an advertisement with them in order to get this in front of their, you know, the normal people's eyeballs. Not normal people, but the average person, the average uh, casual player. It's yeah. not, they're not on the websites. They're not. They're, they're not listening to the Mashcast. Unfortunately, we could be warning them if only they would listen. <laughs> yeah, man. I think it's kind. Of, I mean, it's noble what they're doing and all. And I think it's it's they have the right idea. They have the right idea, but I just don't think it's going to be that successful simply for the fact that. And oh, I would love to be proved wrong here. I would love oh, to yeah. see. I would love to see this blackout work, and Activision actually um, pay attention and say, "Oh, okay, these guys mean business." It's it, it could do that, or Activision could say, "Oh, this isn't making enough money anymore. Drop it." Mm. <laughs> or mean, they'll just be like, "Meh, it's you. We got your money. Bye." Yeah. Oh, who thought like the year coming up to Rock Band's demise? Not Rock Band. Sorry. Um, what was <laughs> Getting it ahead of yourself. <laughs> it was or not Rock Band, but um, Guitar, Guitar Hero. Hero. Sorry. Yeah, Guitar Hero's yeah. demise. You tell me a year before Guitar Hero went down to like before it got you know shelved, that Activision was gonna shelve it? Probably not. Well, Guitar Hero's fall was really fast. Like it really like I don't know. I feel but bad for it. it isn't that? Over- isn't that like the the uh, I guess the interest curve of any fad though, where it's like it's really popular and then it just falls off the face of the earth? I think that just goes with music rhythm games, because like it's just like I mean, rock I band, mean, look what? at DDR. No one, I don't know anyone that still like solely plays DDR as hardcore as they used to. Right. 
or Guitar Hero or Rock Band or I don't know, just about any kind of peripheral game every, like that. They, I think they've all moved on to Dance Central now. Isn't that sort of the the sort of like party game? Yeah. It's not the same thing. It's not the same. Well, no, but it, it, it it's like How it's a move, it's a moving you? target. You got How you know. Dude, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like I love DDR. I'm gonna pretend like you didn't compare my DDR to Dance Central. No, no, I'm not, no, like no, no, I'm, I'm not comparing it like straight up, like oh, dancing. Game. No, I'm just saying sort of in general, sort of like novel, you know, novel input party game where people can come and sort of interact, you know, with the video game in a different fashion, and then you know they're they're sort of go you know going through the iterations. First, it was you know like the DDR interface, then it was the Rock Band interface. Now you've got the Connect, so you get the Dance Central interface and. Well, you know, the difference is, so though, back. is that the Connect is actually, like, a legitimate Microsoft thing. Like, guitar, like plastic guitars and dance mats weren't, like, specifically made for the system. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or did that make did that make sense? No, no, that made sense. It made sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, but anyways. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, back to the Modern Warfare thing. I mean, Activision could take that route if it, if it impacted their bottom line enough. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think like the, like a game like this like I think a game I think this like if this was Battlefield, if something was wrong in Battlefield and people like you know, um, blacked out the DLC, mm-hmm. that's I think it'll work better there because that community is kind of in tune, you know. Yeah. Same thing with the with the Mass Effect community, they're in tune. <laughs> uh, I think I don't know Dice. I think Dice would listen. I don't know much about Activision listening. <laughs> yeah, that's the, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure about Activision listening, but like, I don't even think it's going to come to that <laughs> because, I mean, look, I mean, the video has. Uh, well, as, at the time this this article was posted, it had uh, 2,400 views, and the petition only had 240 signatures. It, yeah, it is gonna, up. It is up to 272 now. Yeah, not, yeah, about so, that. Yeah. <laughs> How many people play Call of Duty? Oh, right. But see, like how, how, many, how many people <laughs> yeah. were on the on the Mass Effect petition though? If we get that attention, that was wasn't that like ten thousand? Or am I pulling that that's, out of my ass? That's like angry nerd rage to the max, though. It, yeah, but I, I, I guess this is just a lot fewer angry nerds. But Dad says something because there's more people playing Call of Duty than Mass Effect. Yeah, which means I guess more people. You know, more I think people, maybe it's just they're just satisfied with mediocre I, content. I think people just care more about story. Like when it like if a story doesn't like go if a story isn't satisfying and the game's three games long and the story kind of messes up in their opinion and they've spent like this much money to play a story then that probably ticked off a lot more people than one iteration of bad multiplayer. Well this isn't one iteration of bad multiplayer. Like Call of Duty 2 had uh had uh actually Black Ops had uh messed up multiplayer. Actually sorry, World at War had messed up multiplayer. Um then Call of Duty two had hacking issues and uh, multiplayer issues. Right. Black Ops, uh lag problems, hacking issues, uh right. Modern Warfare. So th- oh, so then ahead. here's then here's my question. Why are people still buying it? Because they're used to it. Yes. <laughs> so, well, guess what? Of why, why went, and that's the, the way it is. Then you should be used to them not fixing your problems well, because you keep buying their games. Well done. Yeah. I drop my drop mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. The reason why these problems don't like they don't get taken more seriously is because 
people just buy the games anyway. Every Call of Duty since Modern Warfare has just gotten so like has broken records. Oh, not World of War, sorry. But like Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, Modern Warfare 3, like you know, breaking records every time doesn't it sends the wrong signal to the, the to, to the publisher, to the developer. So like, they, oh, everything's okay. It's all about advertising and it's not about the actual quality of the game. I guess so. <laughs> in terms of Call of Duty, you yeah. know, because these people are still playing it, even though the multiplayer is busted, they're still playing it. Actually, I know people who, who were, you know, who had problems with the PS3 Black Ops, That's and they were still like trying to play the game. It's because everyone was playing it, and that was the hot thing. It still is the hot thing. Yeah. So I mean, you got to talk with your money, and these guys are trying to talk with their money. But I think you're doing it at the wrong time now. It's too late. Yeah, it's, it's kind of too late, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it, but I think it's going to kind of fizzle out. Yeah, as much as I would love for it to work, it's going to probably. Yeah, un- unfortunately. So, uh, but moving on to our next topic, which is uh, regarding Notch, who, if you don't know Notch, he is the guy who made Minecraft. Uh, and has been very successful uh, with that. It's actually his name is Marcus uh, Persons, and I'm not sure how. Well, I guess if you were on Steam, you would have seen it. But it's uh, EA has a deal bundle called the EA Indie Bundle, <laughs> and he was very upset about that. <laughs> um, he was very upset. How can you call it an indie bundle? Well, I'm actually I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into that. But so I, I just want to talk about his comments first. So his reaction to that whole thing was saying that, you know, EA releases an indie bundle, like question mark. That's not how that works. Um, and the, the bundle consists of Death Spank, uh, Death Spank, Thongs of Virtue, Gatling Gears, Shank, Shank 2, and Warp. Okay. Mm. Then he says, stop trying to ruin everything, you bunch of cynical bastards. <laughs> I, Dad, I you ruined everything! I, I don't think those words need to be thrown at that. It's just, it's weird that they would call it an indie bundle. But I guess yeah. it's all those are indie games. Right, but that's what I'm saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it. Uh, let's see. Did he say something else of note here? Oh, he's, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It says, uh, indies are saving gaming. EA is methodically destroying it. Yeah, I that's guess that's, one- that's the, that's the big takeaway from that, that indies are saving gamings and EA is destroying it. Now I, I do think that indies are saving gaming mm-hmm. for core gamers. Um, I don't necessarily think EA is destroying gaming. Mm hmm. But they're not. He- I mean, they're not helping it. <laughs> they're not blazing trails anymore. No, they're <laughs> you know not. They're not destroying it, but they sure as hell aren't helping it. But well, I mean, without a company like EA, like there are a lot. There's a lot of titles that just wouldn't get out there. Yeah. You know, you, you think a Battlefield Three would make it out without EA or Activision? Oh, no. no, because people got to pay bills while they make those games. Those yep. games are expensive to make. Um. You know, there's uh, no Call of Duty, no Black Ops 2. Yeah, but, no okay, Crisis that sound good. That sounds too good. No, but to sit there and say right now, though, that without EA and Activision, sort of the, the, the almost all-encompassing two publishers, that, you know, the the, 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 the the industry would be restricted to just indie games, there would be a vacuum there that, that something would have to fill. And I don't know if it'd be 
I don't know if, if we want necessarily like, you know, these two monolithic structures or if we want maybe sort of like a, a, a sort of like a middle tier, or, you know, like a larger publisher than just an indie, ga- indie game, but still not, you know, well, that's something. That's is... have... Sorry. No, what are you saying? Well, that's why we have uh, there's some companies that still like I think like, Square IDOS, don't they still? They're they're still doing whatever without well, EA and Activision. Oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but Square's a publisher. Mm. So well, I mean, like Square, Ubisoft, there's tons like, of there's out there, there's but... tons of publishers that aren't EA and Activision, but it's just hard. It's just hard now because games take so much money and so much time to develop because of how advanced they are now compared to how it used to be. That publishers, while they aren't a need, it's become like an uh a really good asset to have to get these triple a titles or oh, yeah. even not even the triple a titles like things like i don't know mirror's edge came to my mind for some reason like i don't think we'd ever freaking ever would sing mirror's edge without ea backing it or dead space dead space was a gamble too for ea back when ea was making original things yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's part of the problem like that that triple a and actually i think we're gonna talk about it a little bit later too that how you know, uh, publishers really aren't striking out and, you know, taking chances like we've seen in the past. I mean, they, they take they take more chances than I think people give them credit for. Because you're right, I mean, Dead Space was a AAA title, and they gave it a chance. Twice. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they got, they, they had the original Dead Space, it came out, it did okay. And they were like, alright, let's do it again. But better. And they did. And, I mean, they, in my opinion, like, I mean, they probably, I mean, of course they had some influence over what happened in Dead Space 2, but it felt that Visceral still, there, the original, the core of the heart of the game was still there, just it enhanced, you know? Mm. But, uh, what I was going to say regarding indies and what an indie actually is, I mean, I think a lot of people get this thing that, you know, uh, this feeling that indies need to be three people in a garage pumping out a game, you know, a pixelated game. And that's not really what an indie is. I mean, if you want to get technical, an indie is a studio that's not owned by a publisher. I mean, there's indies that, I mean, the indies make the game and then make a, have a publishing deal with the publisher. I mean, that's how like Bastion, Bastion, like it was created by Supergiant, which is an indie studio. Um, Bastion, I believe I'm pretty sure that the way those deals work. I mean, I, sometimes the publishers don't keep the IP, um, or you know they don't get the rights to the IP. But I'm pretty sure that uh, you know WB has the rights to that Bastion IP. So pretty much, you know, uh, Supergiant would have made the game, came up with the concept, came up with the with the with, with the name, and then sold the IP to you know WB Games. So by that definition is mojang indie uh if i think at this point mojang is still indie if they start publishing other games they'll be a publisher because notch he doesn't care he doesn't consider mojang is not indie yeah, he considers them not to be indie i think it's because of how much money they've made but they're still indie they're so they're like rich independent yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's thing rare. i mean like that's rare. Shank, <laughs> shank and shank 2 were made by clay which is definitely independent. Klee was started up uh, by Jamie Chang um, with some with some his own money. You know, you gotta tell me he's not indie. 
He's definitely indie. He just they they made Shank and Shank Two, and EA picked it up as the publisher. Now they're like that, you know, they're independent, but a company like Visceral is not because, uh, uh, to my understanding, Visceral is owned by EA. The same way I uh, do believe that Dice is also owned by EA. Or be more specific, the way um, Bizarre was owned by Activision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Bizarre, like you know, Activision was its own studio. It was a Bizarre, you know, it was. Uh, sorry, Bizarre was its own studio. It was Activision studio. And Activision, when they felt that they weren't profitable enough, they closed the studio down. You can't like EA can't do that to Clay, but they could do that to Visceral. Actually, they did close one of Visceral's offices. So mm-hmm. that that's that's the real difference between indie and not indie. But he kind of just went off on this. I guess the maybe the spiritual definition of indie. You know, maybe I don't know. I think his, you know, it might even be that his biggest problem may be the fact that EA is trying to cash in on that indie cliche right now, because they're definitely trying to do that. That is yeah, definitely yeah. the message they, that I got. If they technically, you could say they were trying to cash in on it when they published these games in the first place. They wouldn't have gone out and, and you know negotiated contracts with these indie developers if they weren't trying to put that out there. No, nah, I think that's so. different. I mean, the, I mean the 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 the. The developer pitched the game, and, he's, and, and EA thought it was a good game, and so they picked it up for the publisher. But in this specific instance, they could have easily said the EA bundle, but they mm-hmm. didn't. They said the EA Indie bundle because they know that Indie, you know, is is a hot topic right it's now. It's the hipster uh, thing. It's the hipster thing. I think, <laughs> it, like, um, uh, the guy who made Tilly Andre, I for God's sakes, I am forgetting his name right now. Um, Anthony. Anthony Gowland, there he is. He made TLRNG. He says, <laughs> saying that I'm an indie developer is the new I'm in a band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that. I think you yeah. said three guys in a garage. Yeah, yeah. So they, I was like, I was like, that's actually pretty, pretty accurate. It's, it's kind of the cool thing to do. Um, so I thought the cool thing was to be on a podcast. Sorry, Nick. Oh, You've been duped. About that. You, you didn't get that memo, oh, did you? Dude. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think that's what his biggest problem is, you know, that they that they try to use this, this indie term or say it's the indie bundle to get more people, oh, yeah, it's indie. I'm totally about it. I know indie games, <laughs> you know, and trying to cash in on that. But that's EA being EA. Um, but I don't think this makes them any more or less evil than they already are, <laughs> you know? So. I remember when we were praising EA because of that EA partner stuff a few years back or whatever, and now all of a sudden it's just like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they need to. They, EA has its time periods, man. Like sometimes yeah. they're doing really cool stuff and like was really good, and then other times they're just dicking people over. Like you know, just yeah, like the whole origin thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that makes me. You know, that makes me like, wonder about Infinity Ward's project with uh, EA Partners now. You mean Respawn? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. The not when I say Infinity Ward, I meant the well, yeah, Respawn. Yep. So, and that, that that's probably actually going to turn out good because all those games that they listed, like all the, like Death Spank, Gatling Gears, Shank Shank Two, and Warp, are all good games. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're great games. That's actually a good deal. I might actually pick that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, they're all good games. So uh, I think that their whole respawn thing with EA is gonna go just fine. So, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. I, I guess the big thing was that EA was 
you know, Notch says they're they're destroying the industry. I don't think they are. They're not helping, but they're not destroying it. But uh, let's move on to our next topic. We're already behind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna be a long one, folks. Hope you, have, <laughs> hope you got something to eat. <laughs> this is gonna be a, a long one. Not the uh, specific topic though, because uh, this actually um, something happened that this week where. Rock Band iOS, people who had the the Rock Band mobile for iOS, they got a message saying that uh, as of, I think it was May 31st, they would no longer, that application would no longer be available on their devices. Uh, so a, a user from Reddit posted it. Uh, people did investigating. The guys over at Harmonix were like, we don't know what's going on. We're going to check with EA. And then... Uh, you know, EA responds like, oh, it was an accident. You know, didn't mean that to happen. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Rock Band's going to keep on working. So it's kind of, that itself is kind of a non-issue. But my thing is, like, how do people feel about paying for a game, $5 for a game that has so much Rock, rock, uh, rock Band costs on iOS, and then the prospect that at any given time, the publisher could be like, oh, well, you got... We don't they've, support that game anymore, so you guys that. can have it. They've done yeah. it before. They did it with Tetris. With the, they, uh, they, there was a Tetris app that uh, EA had, and then they stopped supporting it and then put out another Tetris app, but everyone basically who had the old Tetris app still had to pay for the new one if they wanted it. Was it free or was it pay? It was pay. Uh, see, I, on Android, I do remember they had the, the EA Tetris app, but it was free. Uh, and then I, it stopped working, and then they came out with another one that was free and then a pay. Hmm. So, I don't know. I don't think it was free, but I'm not sure now. Now I'm not sure. Actually, no, because I'm reading here that it was indeed pay, and that they've done that before. But like, that's, yeah. that's some that's some scary shit. Like, you know, I paid five dollars for this game, and you mean to tell me that any given time? You can remove it from my device or make it so that I can't pay it. And then you wonder why people pirate, why people jailbreak. You know? No, it's not that they want stuff for free, it's that they want to be treated fairly. You know, they want to pay. Like, if I pay $5, I can understand them removing it from the App Store, mm-hmm. you know, from selling it from the App Store. But you should have access, still have access to the application and this, well, in this case, the songs that you have. You know? Nope. It, apparently not. Well, no. Fundamentally, there should there should be you know the option for some kind of lawsuit or something, uh, and I don't think there is because of the, the fact that games are considered. ULA. No, no, not the not the ULA. Yeah, well, I guess like not not the not the the uh, like class action barrier. I'm talking about just the fact that game, game games and all really software are considered licenses. You purchase the license to use that, which can be restricted at any time. So. That's sort of the loophole that they get through here. I think, especially as we're increasingly moving to a download-only economy, I, I, I would have to think that that's going to get resolved in some way. Because, yeah, it, especially you know, when right now, right now your phone it's on your phone. How often do you upgrade your phone? And I, I'm not sure. I don't have an iOS device, but when you upgrade, you know, from your iPhone four to your iPhone five, do your your purchases carry over? I guess you have to redownload everything probably, but you don't have to, you know, pay for everything again. I'd imagine, correct? Right. You, I think you just well, I you resync it to your you resync it to your iPhone, and it, and it just okay. pulls everything. It, yeah. How does that work for Android, though? Does, is it, I guess the same thing with Google Play. It's your Google just, account. Yeah. Okay. You can actually, like, 
when I switched my phone from the original Droid to the uh, Samsung Charge, I just went onto the Google Store, like the, the Google Marketplace on the internet, looked at all of the apps that I had, and I pushed the button to push it down from the like from the web page, and it installed everything automatically on my phone. Sweet. That is really sweet. That's that, pretty sweet. The the Android the uh, sorry the the Amazon Marketplace is a different story though. It's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> but I mean, that's uh, that's a different story. But in this one, like, I'm just kind of I mean I understand I've said it before that you know you when you purchase software you don't own that software you own a license to the software, but at the same time like. Yeah, I own a license to the software, but I expect to be able to keep that license. Like I have the Adobe, I, I have a a legit copy of Adobe Master Suite, and if Adobe is like, oh, we no longer support, you know, CS five point five, so you can't use it anymore. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Get the- but but the thing is, though, I mean, you're still going to have the computer that you're using that on for a while. In this case, with the iOS devices, I mean, it's possible even just upgrading your device might cause the software, you know, to just be not compatible. You can still you still own it. You could still, you know, download it. You just won't be able to run it. And so I wonder if there's maybe sort of just an expectation on mobile devices that, oh, okay, I'm not going to have these games forever. They were they didn't cost very much to begin with. Nope, and so if at some point, no. well, I know exactly where you're going with that. Yeah, that is not the expectation. <laughs> no, <laughs> like this. Well, no, it this, shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I agree with you. And this here doesn't even. It doesn't reference like some type of update or this makes us unplayable. On May thirty first, you will no longer. This will no longer be playable on your device. Period. Like that, the the functionality is in there, so they can cut you off at any time yeah. for this app that you already paid for. But it's probably in the license agreement. All yep. this is probably yeah. in the license agreement. Yep. But who looks at I don't even I mean I've never bought an iPhone app, but do the license agreements even come up before do you have to accept the license agreement before you install um, apps? I, you don't on the Android store, to my I knowledge. I think it it might not be that I know there's a EULA for the store itself. Um certain apps don't have EULAs that pop up, but I think in EA when you uh first pop up the game there's sometimes a eula i th- i do believe hmm. yeah the, it, or there's an or in the options menu there might be i don't know there's probably one that pops up at some time because it yeah. would be it would be funny to me if they didn't have a eula pop up yes yeah, so I, I guess if you have an iphone and you have the rock band app can you let us know because yeah, yeah I, i'm not a i'm not a really a fan of that and, it, and if they're doing it on iOS, I do not think Android is immune to this. I just don't like this behavior at all. Well, I, I think it goes beyond Android. It goes to, you know, I mean, not that Valve would do it, but I mean, Steve, Steam would certainly be vulnerable to this type of action. I don't think... Well, it's and, vulnerable too, but I doubt they'd do it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but I mean, I'm just citing... <laughs> well, yeah, they can lock you out. They, yeah. can, they can lock you out of it for sure. Yeah. Well, we've seen... It, I mean, we we've even seen to, to some degree what the you know EA locking people out of their games because of the forums. So right. I mean, it, it's it, as long as you know, as long as somebody else has the keys to what you want to do, they can lock you out. Mm-hmm. Right, they can. I mean, don't get me wrong; I know that's a possibility. Actually, my Steam account got hacked a while back, and when it was banned, I had to uh, I was locked out from all of my games. So I, I know that part, but I'm just saying, like here, EA is actually doing it. Yeah. You know, and look, hear me just talking about them not being evil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the topic before, Notch was right. No, 
But, um, <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, like this, like right here, like this is them, like they have a foot, they have a kill switch. Yeah. So, you know, they have like an active kill switch, like just, you know, Valve's kill switch at least, or even in Origin's case, is specifically like, you know, banned accounts. You know, which, to be honest with you, even if your account's, like, banned, I don't think you should be held out from your games. That's a different story. But this is not even a banning. This is just, oh, the game, the game's no longer available. Goodbye. Yeah. Well, what's thanks interesting... For, thanks, for, thanks for rocking out with us. See, it's one, thing to, like, it's one thing to, like, close a server and lose multiplayer, because then you still have single player. This is, like, a complete loss of game, which is not right at all. Right, exactly. So, oh, I would be wary iPhone users, all this is just everybody. Users, everybody so. should be wary. Just, yeah, yeah. So but, the future uh, is now. Anyways, it's scary. All right, well, let's move on to our next topic. Um, subsidize Xbox 360s. It sounds exactly the. I mean, it is exactly the way it sounds. Uh, basically, there, there was an article on uh, The Verge. Uh, and they are saying that Microsoft is planning to launch a $99 Xbox console package with a monthly subscription. And basically, the way it's going to work, you'll get a four gigabyte Xbox, four gigabyte Xbox 360, with a Connect and Xbox Live for fifth is if you sign a contract for $15 a month. Basically, the way it's going, and just like you know, a cell phone contract. There's going to be a termination fee if you kill, kill the contract ahead of time, which with the, the the termination fees from these mobile companies, I can only imagine that it's pretty hefty. <laughs> the uh, the termination fee, but uh, apparently Microsoft is trying to position this to be a competitor with Apple TV, Roku, and PlayStation Three. Are you serious? Like, so you spend ninety nine dollars for it, and then fifteen dollars a month after. That's about three hundred and sixty bucks. Did they say how many months? Twenty-four. Two years. Two years, and the new consoles are like right around the block. So yeah, let's totally do this. Actually, I'd say that the new consoles are just under two years away. So I mean, this should put you to the next Durango box. I mean, you definitely pay more. Like if if you got the same exact thing, like if you got that same exact bundle and got Xbox Live for two years, you're paying four twenty. And this that's, one, you're paying three sixty. Oh, sorry, you're paying four sixty. Yeah, but that's I think with the I guess the reduced rate for buying like two years up front. Yeah. Whereas you're, no, you're if, pay- if you just if you just like if you go to Amazon right now and buy the four gigabyte Xbox three sixty Connect bundle and pay for Xbox Live for two years, like that's four hundred twenty bucks over two years. Yeah, but how much are you paying for the Xbox Live? How much is is Xbox Live out of? It's sixty dollars a year, but I'm including it. Yeah. Yeah, but that yeah, that's sixty dollars a year. That's not the fifteen dollars a month that you're paying the other way with the ninety nine dollar. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you buy this bundle, it's like you pay like three hundred and sixty dollars for two years with that fifteen dollars a month. But then on top of that, you have the ninety nine dollars for the Xbox. Yeah. So are you are you following me now? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I guess but this at least you're paying monthly. So you're well, yeah, not, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you definitely that's what I'm saying. The the difference in cost really isn't that substantial if yeah. you're going to bug out over 40 bucks um 40 bucks over two years you have bigger problems you shouldn't have an xbox in the first place yeah you know yeah. but i mean so cost wise it's not i can't find fault with it 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just uh, weird. It, it is very weird. And it's definitely not targeted at the core audience. Like, they oh. really are trying to get the, the Xbox in there as a media device. They really are, because the Roku is 99 bucks, and it does... Go ahead. Go ahead, Mikey. No, I just have a question about the uh, what happens at the two-year point. You probably have to pay... You can probably either subscribe for longer, which I wouldn't recommend because that's retarded, um, yeah. or you can probably just, you know, pay for Xbox Live separately at that point with $60 a month. Yeah. I would imagine. Like, if they may, if they say, if, if this Xbox is, like, set up in such a way where you have to have a subscription... That you that well, hadn't we heard? They got you good. They got you real good. Hadn't we heard though that they were working on a cheaper version of the Xbox that didn't have, I think, the uh, that didn't play games that just that was just download only? Yeah, they are, but this isn't it. I mean, this is is, this is is an actual no, this is an actual Xbox 360 you can buy in the store right now. You can buy a four gigabyte Xbox 360, you can buy a four gigabyte, a four gigabyte Xbox 360. With Connect Bundle for three hundred bucks. Huh. Yep. You can do that right now. And you will fill that hard drive up so fast. Yeah, no, four kidding. gigabytes <laughs> is nothing. Like uh, that's really like that. Really, that's I don't know. If you do use it as a media device, <laughs> if, if you're streaming, that's one thing. But if you download stuff, that's huh. that's four four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're, something. You're, you're done. Like there's yeah. no game. Like, two games you could download. You know, X. Don't even think about using Xbox Live Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, regular games like you know physical disc games is what you really need. Well, so, yeah, but if if they're targeting as a streaming box, then yeah, that is right in line with like a Roku. Then, well, you know, a streaming box or like a media box. You know, yeah. they're trying to get in there with the Apple TV because I mean, most people do. You have Windows at home, and so you can hook up the the Xbox Live Media Center and the other, you know, other Microsoft functions to it. So I mean, it makes sense. But it's not targeted at the core. It really isn't. Like this is this is that Microsoft plan that we were talking about. What they are going for, just the, the family, the casual. They want they want Microsoft in your living room. That's what this is all about. This is not even a gaming thing, if you ask me. But it was just it was worth you know enter being you know worth bringing up. I mean, if it does like really really well. I really don't want them to extend this, you know. What well, doesn't? Why? Why not? Because it doesn't hurt us. It's like EA and Notch. It doesn't help, but it doesn't hurt. No, it can turn into something that hurts. It does. <laughs> it could turn into something that hurts the core gamer. I... Like now, you have no choice but to get the subscription to use the Xbox 360 because we already said it's it, it costs more money. And, and then, then when. And then when the next gen comes out, it has to be that way. And then when the two years is up, and it's two years in that life cycle, up oh, time to renew subscription, or you can't use your Xbox anymore. Yeah, that's I really don't like that. And even with the new Xbox, like I mean, the difference between subsidizing a phone and let's say the Durango, which because I'm gonna call it that because that's the code name. The the thing is like at the end of the two years, you're getting a new cell phone. Yeah. At the end of the two years, you're probably not going to get a new Durango, or it's probably not going to be worth it for you to get a new Durango, because it's going to be the same box, you know, pretty much. Well, you know, I, I I look at this though a little bit like 
like WoW had the annual pass that they did, which it, it wasn't even actually required a subscription. It just said I pledged to play the game for a year, and they did that entirely just to shore up subscription numbers. And so I wonder if they're not doing this as some kind of method for shoring up any flagging subscriptions that they're worried about. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Like like you said, you I think are it's, reaching here. <laughs> You're really reaching. I kind of am. I kind of am. But I, I I I see. I don't. I don't think this is going to impact us. I, I, I understand your concerns, mm-hmm. but I think you're, I, I think that's out of the, that's out of the scope of what they're doing here. I think they'll always know what the, the core gamer wants. Nah, I don't no, know. Yes. Cause Nintendo was so good about, you know, keeping what was the, what we wanted. <laughs> Cause you know, companies I, I are so phrased, good. I, I think I companies are so good at that. That was not, uh, that's not exactly the, the, the thought I wanted to, to make there. Well, the one thing, I, well, one thing is of note is that right now you can only get it at Microsoft stores, so that's one thing that's going to keep it limited. Period. Because I don't even think there's a Microsoft store in New Jersey. <laughs> you know, like period. I, I I have no idea where one is. I don't think there's one in. Da- if there's one in Dallas, I haven't seen it. You know, like I, I mean, I know they're out west, but I have no idea like where one is in New York, New Jersey, why Pennsylvania. Why, 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 why don't Delaware. you use Bing to find where one would be? Who uses Bing? <laughs> who who does who use, use Bing? People who use IE, and therefore people who shouldn't be using the internet. Uh, so. People who should be paying uh, fifteen dollars a month for their Xbox Live. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's I I, I mean I don't have I'm, I'm not really negative on it because I mean it's good to give options. It is good to give options as long as they don't take it too far. Which that's the only thing I'm worried about is them taking it too far. You know, I mean I already pay a decent I already pay a nice clip for my uh, Xbox Live. I really don't want to be forced into a subscription. Yeah. You know, especially if I already have the box. But we'll see. Right, let's uh, wrap up here. Yeah, so let's see what's coming out next week. Uh, I should have had this up already. Uh, Minecraft on uh, Xbox Live uh, Media. You mean it's not everywhere already? <laughs> not no. It's, it, there, there were issues with that. It's coming. Uh, Street Fighter X Second for PC. Uh, don't buy it, people. <laughs> just don't. Just don't support Capcom like that. Like so, not the crap they've done. Just don't. It, is that, is that going to be download on the PC or is that going to be with a disc? It's probably going to be. It's probably going to be like available on Steam and stuff like that. I would yeah. If I download it, can I bitch about the content being on disc when I download it? Har har. <laughs> it's still locked. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. There's Starhawk, um, Phantom Breaker Special Edition. Warlock Master of the Arcane. Oops, I thought that was coming out like... Yeah, I thought that was coming out like sometime in the summer. I think Starhawk comes out already? Yeah. That's quick. Uh, Detora, never heard of it. it. Looks like a first-person game, but I'm not... It's a move-enabled game, but I never. I have no idea what it's about. What was this about? I heard it was weird. It's like one of those, you know, those PlayStation Network games that, like... Are just like like I don't know things like Flow and Flower and sh- and stuff like that. They're just like weird little games. Heard it was, might be some kind of weird game like that. Wow. Well, if you get it, good luck to you. Well, I don't have moves. Well, not you, Mikey, or anybody. Yeah. <laughs> have fun. Yeah. Never heard of it. But yeah, it's gonna wrap us up here. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com/slash/MashThoseButtons. 
Uh, we're also on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio for your iOS and Android devices. Uh, or Twitter.com slash MTB site. Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons. And of course, MashThoseButtons.com. You can check us out there. So. Yeah. You know, our actual website, you know, hit it up. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Questions, comments, concerns, just hit us up. You did get a comment on last week's podcast. We did, but it was you. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, like, you commented like, on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. He did comment on the podcast regarding one we of the like, topics. Yeah, so. Wait, was I, it in response to anybody, or did you just comment on it? A little bit, uh, sort of general comment. I just want to say the one the one thing I'm sad I missed talking about last week is just I love Gabe Newell. I didn't realize how much I loved him, but I listened to that uh, the seven day cool down that interview that he did, and yes, I love Gabe Newell. Hmm. Okay. He's talking sexually. Yes. I, yes. I, I I I would kidnap him and hide him in my basement. That's, right, that's, that's stop, stop taking my shine. Man. <laughs> stop I'm just saying, shine. I respect your playbook. Thank you. Thank you. Now you know where I'm coming from. Exactly. Lotions. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Nothing. I was, I was gonna do a song to the lambs, but I'm lotion blew it. in the basket. <laughs> ah, I gotcha. I'll put nice. the lotion on the skin. Nice. Anyways, uh, yeah. Let's 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 get on out of here because yeah, we're calling yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little creepy, creepy now. We go home and take a shower now. <laughs> you are home. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Shh, you're not supposed to tell the audience that. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Nick, for a while, thought that we were doing the podcast, like, you know, live. Yeah. You know, together. Because it sounded so good. Oh. Yep. Yeah, it was, I, I was very disappointed to learn how the sausage is made. <laughs> oh, God. And on that, and on that note, it. we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great Bye. week, everybody. Bye. Bye.